Chapter 6. Bowers takes four short trips every day. One in the morning, two in the afternoon, and then one in the evening. After each trip, he comes home and prepares something for him and Asani to eat. Actually, it was just yesterday afternoon that Bowers was abruptly awakened from his sleep. His chamber is in the next room, and he gets up with his precious splendor of life drawn from his body while instructions are still fresh on his mind from long ago. Do not let the sun's shadow graze against any part of you. And so now one day later, he's in Asani's face in the kitchen yelling, I don't give a squat what you like or don't like. I say what? And I say when we eat around here. And that's that. Would you care for something else? If so, take your monkey ass out there and go get it yourself. With a combat knife that has an interesting curvilinear design and insignia, Bowers easily cuts through some kind of meat he found and rations the skin and the liver out to Asani. He cuts into it with his twisted fork and the texture looks worse than a thick McDonald's hamburger with the consistency of a moist cake. Asani decides to taste it anyway. He is so damn hungry. He puts this mess into his mouth and Asani quickly spits it out. Asani's body is craving more and more nutrients and sustenance. He's trying to figure out, why is this person only giving me this little bit? It's almost been one full day, and all of a sudden, Bowers feels an intense, painful sensation. He throws his hands up and he yells, Why is everybody craving something all of a sudden? Get off. Just leave me alone. Asani utters to Bowers, Can I have some more? Bowers looks at him and says, Hell no. You cannot have seconds. And Bowers turns his back to Asani to cover up the bananas, milk, and meat on the stove. Asani says again, More. Bowers pretends as if he didn't even hear him. Then Asani jumps up and tries to reach over Bowers to get more food. Now Asani is a bit stronger, and he's still clumsy, but Bowers knows where everything is in the kitchen. He takes a wooden meat tenderizer with a big square block with rows of triangular ridges on each end and begins beating Asani's head. Again, Asani drops to the floor, and Bowers drops the tool and heads into another room of the house. It wouldn't have made any difference had Bowers gone outside or just stayed put in the house. His particular stasis chamber settings were perhaps tampered with. Bowers and Asani were supposed to wake up at the exact same time, but Bowers was awakened early. Someone did this on purpose. When Asani gets up from the floor, he gets curious all over again and decides to walk around the house. And he goes about the house in such a way that is absolutely annoying to Bowers. He's looking at Asani, 
but he can't see him. Bauer says, I'm going to say this one time. Do not touch anything that does not belong to you. And Asani takes his advice and walks around the house, admiring its very warm and bizarre decor as if it were a museum. After each one of these trips, Bowers immediately comes back in and goes into a room where there is a 13-inch monitor and a strange computer keyboard, almost homemade. Think of an outdated Dell keyboard and a monitor that resembles a 1984 Macintosh. The lighting from the ceiling hits the workspace very delicately. The wallpaper is a soft hue of pinkish red with an interesting cream motif. There are hardly any wires. Asani stands at the entryway of this semi-dark yet beautiful room. He hears Bauer say, I would appreciate it if you did not stand over my shoulder. And Asani leaves Bowers sitting at his screen. He waits until Bowers is gone, and he comes back to the opening of the room and just stands and stares. 